0: Welcome to REI Spotlight with your host, David Schwan. And today's special guest is Jeremy Goodrich. He is podcast host of REI Clarity Podcast and owner of
1: Shine Insurance. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, David, I'm so happy to be with you and I'm so excited to have a good conversation. So let's do it.
0: Awesome, awesome, man. I am so happy that you you came here and uh, you're sharing your time with me and my listeners. Um, Give us a little bit about your background. How did I, I know you're in insurance, you do some mindset work and you know you do some real estate. Uh, how' do you how how' did you get to this point?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really started in the elementary school classroom. So I was a a third for thirteen years, I was a third and fourth grade teacher. I loved every minute of it. and um I always said I loved, third and fourth grade, eight to 10 year olds, cause you weren't teaching them how to write. You were teaching them how to love writing. You know, you weren't teaching them how to read. You were teaching them how to enjoy a book. Um, You weren't teaching them how to do math. You were teaching them, well, they, they, most of them didn't enjoy math that much, but you're teaching them how to love something. Right. And I I felt like that was so cool. And so I spent 13 years really doing that and putting all of my energy into it and being that person. And um, you know, when you look at sort of occupations and things that you do in life, there's sort of occupations that we all look up to like nurses and, and doctors and, and, and teachers, right. It's sort of like, Oh, these people are really like, you know, serving and giving of their life. And I really sort of experienced that. And then after 13 years of teaching, I decided it made sense to become an insurance agent. One of the least interesting, you know, <laughs> most like, and I didn't even realize that at the time, right? I was like, uh, I was oh. married to my uh, wonderful wife, and uh, we are business partners now. And she was, and she's a third-generation insurance agent, and she was running her dad's agency, so that's kind of where that okay. connection came. Okay,
0: I was, I was trying to figure out exactly <laughs> how do you go from elementary school teacher to insurance agent. That just, you, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, some things they kind of line up. You know, it, it's, it's like you go in from uh you you know you went from insurance agent to real estate investor that kind of you know that kind of moves you go sense. from right. you, you know you go you go from selling lumber to building houses to owning houses you know that 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 path kind of seems makes sense. seems right yeah but uh elementary school to, to insurance <laughs> I, I i was I was I'm glad you answered that question because I yeah. I was gonna ask it anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and so you know, so she wanted to leave her dad's agency, was just kind of ready to do new things, and and I was ready to move on from teaching. I was ready to do new things, and so we just decided to leap in at that point. And I did not understand, I will admit fully, sort of how big the shift in trust relationship between you and the people that you're working with actually was. Right? Like, I mean, people dropped their kids off at school and just knew that it was going to be a good day for the kids. I was going to take great care of them. No questions. The was, uh, 100%. And then, you know, in this new industry, it's like, wait, nobody Thinks that I like. There's no trust here at all, and so <laughs> I, I sort of had to build that right. But one thing I didn't lose was the the capacity to be an educator. So I always felt like, look, if I can teach a fourth grader how to do division, even if they don't really want to, I was on the phone with somebody the other day, and they were a former teacher too, and they were saying, you know, I, I'm just not a salesperson, and I knew exactly what they were talking about because I don't feel like I'm a salesperson either. But I've been doing this long enough to be like, you know what? you were selling division to school kids, you know, like, you <laughs> yeah, were, you got like that. they walked in and you had to, you know, they had to learn something from you and you had to teach them. Like, don't tell me you don't know how to sell something. All you have to do is make it interesting, make it viable, help them understand the relationship it has to their future and the life they're living. And, you know, in school, you do have the benefit of they can't really leave, but, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I think that it is the same exact thing. And so I don't know that I realized that in the first few years. And, and so all I tried to do was educate. And um so I started working in home and auto insurance, and a lot of first-time homebuyers were coming to me and they were asking me about escrow accounts and about closing dates and about title companies and about a you know, a, appraisals and inspectors, and and, and like they're asking me all these real estate questions. Uh, And I didn't know the answers. Um, And so I just started going out to uh, real estate agents and lenders and appraisers and inspectors and asking them all the questions that people were asking me and then turning them into YouTube videos and answering those questions and stuff like that. And so I built this YouTube presence around first time home buyers so people buying houses and uh that channel is is still the shine insurance youtube channel and you know we have quite a few followers and that's done very very well and then you know three or four years ago that just kind of naturally rolled into the real estate investor world we were always we already talking to people about buying a house for the first time investing in a house for the first time and the value of that so turning the corner to Um, real estate and what that means as from an investment perspective on a bigger level really made a lot of sense. And so uh, that's continued until now. And at this point, I, uh, on the insurance side, take care of uh, quite a few investors with large multifamily, anywhere from 10 properties to, you know, a thousand units. And um, I have uh, quite a few clients and just sort of got into the space, you know, as service providers. Yes. We see real estate <clears throat> investing from a thousand foot, a 10,000 foot level, right? Like,
0: Definitely.
1: I talk to someone who's doing flips on single family homes. I get off the phone, I get on the horn with someone who's got a Skyrise office. I get off the horn, I get on the phone with somebody who's doing industrial um, in some kind of space like that. And so we see real, real estate investing from a really high level. And I made this intro really long, so I apologize, but I, you know, that... <laughs>
0: you're good. <man. laughs> it's, hey, it's educational. We understand where you're coming from and where you're trying to go. So that's, yeah, it's all good.
1: So that's where I am right now. And that's why we created the podcast. Cause it just felt like, man, I get to have all these great co- conversations like you do with folks. Why not uh, put that, some of that stuff on, on audio and, and be able to share it with more people.
0: Definitely. And I, I'm, that's, you know, it, it's, it's, so you you know it has a uh, it's twofold for especially for podcast hosts is because a you get to share information with your listeners but you also get to ask those questions and you know it's like look uh, you know i get to ask a- ask the question i get educated and then i don't actually have to regurgitate it because i recorded it so i just gave it out you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a great way to share our education with with our listeners
1: yeah, I really believe like every everyone knows that a good conversation is valuable, right? Like that's why we go to no- networking meetings. That's why we go to RIA meetings. That's why I go, we go to our lo- local apartment, appoci- apartment association thing is that we're trying to have good conversations to truly connect with people, but also to see where that relationship goes, right? And I, I think that when you hop on a podcast with someone, you, you're you establishing a relationship and to be able to share that with with all of your listeners is great too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and you kind of crossed the gamut of uh, everything from, you know, uh, a, a fix and flipper to a high rise. What what would you say is the the, the most important, say, let's go Airbnb? What's yeah. some what's something in the Airbnb space that you know if somebody's just getting into it that they may not think that they should really have insured? Is there, or or if a, a different space, if something pops mm-hmm. in your mind a little bit better, but uh, no, you know something great. something yeah. that uh, something that they they would that they should have covered that they may not think of.
1: I, I think the heart of one of the things I say all the time is just basic, solid communication with whomever your insurance advisor is, is the number one answer to that question, right? Because I'll talk about Airbnb and kind of the things I think on that topic, but no matter what your listeners are doing in their investment strategy, there's always a, an a thought that, well, let, let me go out and find the cheapest thing. I don't, let me have the shortest conversation I can have with my insurance agent, because I don't like insurance anyway. And let's just get this over with. Let's get it done. Let's find out what the damage is and find the the, the least amount of damage and then, just, you know, go with that. And I would, you know, say to anyone who's thinking about insurance, like, take the time to describe it to your insurance agent. So let me give you the example of Airbnb. So, you know, if you go to your insurance agent, you say, hey, you know, I've just I've, I've got a regular annual tenant home and probably a lot of your listeners realize this like and insure it as an annual tenant occupied home. And then it's rented out on Airbnb. That person lights a candle. There's a fire, bad things happen. Suddenly there's a claim situation that you're dealing with. Uh, like one of my clients, uh, about a month ago, um, you don't have the right insurance policy and, the response to that can be anything from limited amount of coverage to no coverage at all. So just because of your occupancy, which I think is one of the key questions that insurance agents should ask, and you should think about as a, a property owner is, what is the occupancy? Is it vacant? Uh, That's one kind of insurance policy. Is it tenant-occupied, annual tenant-occupied, another type of insurance policy? Is it short-term rental, which obviously is your Airbnb, your VRBO? It's a completely different kind of policy. And then your homeowner's policy on your own home that you live in is another different type of policy. And each of these have exclusions for other kinds. So occupancy is one of the biggest things that I think we have to make sure um, that we're telling our insurance agent. And then we make sure we get it right. As long as you've got coverage for short term rental on your Airbnb, then the conversation about insurance isn't much different than any other type of property. It's all about the occupancy.
0: Okay, so the the, the point or at least what I get from that whole point there is, is it's kind of like going to your doctor. If you just walk into your doctor and go, I need a boo-boo, give me a Band-Aid, slap it on it and walk out, (laughs) your arm may be broke. But if all you're asking for is a Band-Aid, walking back out and you don't give him the chance to look over and like examine what you actually have going on or ask some more questions, it's like, well, yeah, he gave you something and you paid for it. But you got a Band-Aid instead of a cast and you're still in a world of hurt. So, yeah, take, take that time.
1: And what what insurance agents are selling is a promise. I mean, inherently, that is all we are offering is a promise, a document full of details about what that promise means and what happens if something bad happens, right? And so if you're purchasing a promise, like... Don't just go in and like not tell any information and don't just go to anybody who uh, is out there offering it. And I, I like thinking about it that way because a big part of me, and maybe this is the teacher in me, but always feels like the trust is a big part of it, you know, and and particularly when you think about this topic, Um where people, you know, tax collectors and insurance agents are in like the same bucket of terrible human. And, uh, (laughs) at the same time, what you're buying from an insurance agent is a promise. So not only do you think they're awful, but you know, and then that therein lies the conundrum in the scenario.
0: Well, well, and that's the whole thing. I, I think insurance in general, people don't Don't want to look at it as no, these these are not somebody who is trying to swindle your money, not saying that there aren't some out there that try to do it. But overall, in general, of course, (laughs) most insurance, you know, it's like any profession, there's always bad out there. But you know, it's like look, the good insurance people, they are just trying to make sure that you are protected. They're really looking out for your best interests. So if you don't tell them the truth, they can't protect you the right way yeah. you, you you know it's it's like look if you're uh, scared of fi- of spiders and you tell your insurance agent, not that they're going to help with this, but that you're scared of puppy dogs. Instead, uh-huh. well, they're not going to protect you from the spiders. They're going to protect you from puppy dogs, and well, yeah. that's just going to be the wrong thing. So, well, yeah,
1: they're going to be you're going to be really sad when they take your puppy dogs out of your house and all you're left with the spiders. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> interesting, but, yeah. interesting ins- insurance thing that people don't think about. Uh, you know, uh, there is an ex- exclusion on insurance policies. Most insurance policies for rodent damage so like squirrels or things like that that comes up a lot in attics of houses and stuff like that no exclusion for bats any idea <laughs> david the difference what what's the difference between a robot, rodent and, and a bat uh wings well well yeah most yeah most rodents don't have wings uh, a bat's a mammal and there's no exclusion for bats. So, uh, so and, and I, I'm way overgeneralizing probably, but yes, I know. I, I've definitely <laughs> seen a, a claims covered for serious bat damage in attics in particular, um, where had it been a squirrel or had it been another kind of uh, rodent, it would not have been covered. So in, interesting sort of difference in animal there. So if you're going to have a, a damage in your <laughs> attic, make sure it's a bat.
0: Oh well, uh, uh, our listeners that are that are in in the uh, the the central uh, Texas Austin area will uh, they will like that that fact because I uh, <laughs> used to live down there and there are a mess of them down there. Well, so. they can cause
1: some serious damage too. I mean, bats can cause some serious damage and attic damage in general. It's amazing how expensive it is you know, and, and as all your listeners know, I mean, any kind of is, you know, sewer line damage is the big, you know, thing we talk about a lot. You got to make sure when you're doing your du- due diligence that you check those sewer lines and you absolutely should, but, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, can go wrong and stuff like that, but that's why you have insurance. Oh,
0: definitely. That's, that's, that's why we have our, our, our friendly insurance agent to, uh, you know, to make sure that, that we're asking those, those questions and, you know, and, and, I'm pretty sure you're like most insurance agents. It's like, look, if you don't understand, it's not uh, you know, we all understand. Insurance agents understand that like, look, they are the specialist and you're just trying to get your, your best. If you have questions, open your mouth, ask the questions, make sure that you're covered and make sure that you're telling them. It's like, look, I have some sort of oddball thing going on here. Well, make sure your insurance agent knows that that oddball thing is there so that if you know, if there is a policy that covers it, at least they can get it for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, it, it is interesting how many insurance agents, you know, I, we, I've been making this teacher insurance agent connection. And I guess I'll continue it a little bit. You know, there, there are certainly <laughs> bad teachers out there, but not very, not as many. But I think there are a lot of insurance agents that are maybe not as well meaning. And so I would say you do want to watch out and you want to have that conversation, like you were just saying, David, that. You're, you're asking the question and you're getting an answer. It's amazing to me how many times I talk with folks and we, we have a thing we do for just a free review of your portfolio policy with no you know, uh, strings attached or whatever. So I talk with a lot of people about their portfolio policies and just say, you know, here's what I see, here's the concerns I have, here's some gaps you might consider. You know, and, and so what I'm attempting to do is just explain stuff. Right. Like, just explain it. And, it. and it's amazing how many times folks say to me, you know, I, I've never had it described to me in that simple of terms or I've, I've never felt like my insurance agent actually wanted to explain to me what was in there. I think there's a feeling with a lot of investors like insurance agents actually don't want to explain things to them because they're scared to or they don't totally understand it or whatever. I'm not exactly sure why that 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 case comes up.
0: Yeah, and and and, you know it's I've I've seen it too where you know it's it's like you know why why are you not asking that question or why are you glossing over it? It's like look, um, you know investors are big boys too or big girls whichever Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 like look, um, you know sometimes the truth you know you may not think that somebody wants to know the truth but hey, you know it's kind of back to to real life. It's like look you you have to share the truth with people. Because if you don't share the truth with people, they're, they're, they're gone blind into things. And, and, you know, I, it's uh, I'm not an insurance agent, but my, my girlfriend is, and, you know, she, you know, she's always like, you know, just, I want to make sure that, that, that my, my customers are covered, that they're taken care of. And, and I I see you had that same attitude of like, look, it's, it's more, it's not necessarily about the sale. It's about you being covered and doing, you know, having the right things in your life that are protecting you, you know, it's like, you don't, uh, you know, you don't, you you don't let a a two-year-old run around with a, with with a butter knife in a room full of electric sockets, you know, you
1: just, (laughs) I don't, I don't don't know, that's not something I've ever
0: done, no, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, that's the thing, I mean, that's, you you know, you, you have to make sure that, you, you know, that, you're being protected as best as Mm -hmm. you can. And, you know, and, you know, make sure that you're, you're asking your insurance agent those questions and, and make sure that they are answering and helping you figure out what exactly you need and, you know, making sure that you get taken care of.
1: Yeah. I think there's a a good balance there too. I mean, you know, if you think about going to your lawyer and having them create a a lease for you, like, you know, on some level, particularly if you have a whole lot of properties and a whole lot of stuff going on, you're not going to go and and necessarily dig through every single detail of that lease after that lawyer created it for you. you. You first created a relationship with that lawyer where you built some trust, right? And now you trust that person. And so you say, hey, um, go ahead and create this lease. Here's the scenario. Here's how I'd like to have it. Triple net, blah, 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 whatever it is, you know, that you understand from your space. That's you giving some insight to that person and connecting. But then they do all the work and all the connections in the underlying document language, But then I would bet most of your listeners do not just take that lease, turn around and start having people sign it without even scanning the headers, you know, uh, in some way. Like you take a look at some of your leases and say, okay, now that I've had someone do this surface for me, I want to make sure that I understand it at a medium level. And I think that's a good way to think about how you should understand your insurance policy. No one is suggesting that you go and read that Deep stack of documents that arrived at your house that you use now to hold down things from strong winds. You know, like no one's thinking you need to do that, but but come to some basic understanding of the the things that are there, and you know s- skim it at least. Ask the questions that you have, and then understand from there. Definitely, definitely.
0: All right, let's let's uh, switch gears here a little bit and hop over onto the podcast side. What? Yeah is uh, just kind of a random question out of the blue. What is something that you have recently learned from your podcast that you thought was pretty cool that you think uh, you'd like to share with with, with my listeners?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, almost every episode. So, you know, I think about, uh, I had John Kassman on the show. He's a multifamily uh, guy and does a lot of stuff. He talked a lot about marketing and really about, you know, in, in a lot of ways, we're, we're all, in, not just in a lot of ways, we are all entrepreneurs, right? We are business owners. And when it comes to real estate investing, I think that we forget that a lot. You know, we feel like, especially as we're smaller, before we kind of get in, you know, jump into the full time, if we're doing it as a side, side hustle or whatever, we forget that part of what we need to do is have clear systems. You know, we need to understand how we're reaching out to people. We need to figure out how we're building networks. I mean, I think a lot of real estate investors get that your network is your net worth and it is really as important as anything else. But I I think of John talking about um, treating your real estate investing journey as a true business and yourself as a true entrepreneur, even if you have the safety of a W-2 job behind you. Um, so I think that's one good one. I think that recently I um, interviewed Ricky Bellevue, who's a developer in Boston, Massachusetts, and he really helped me to understand the definition of developer a little bit more and the idea that a true developer – now, lots of people extend out from tr- you know the, the definition yeah. of true developer. But a true <laughs> developer is someone who essentially only takes a plot of land – and changes all the things that need to be changed for that plot of land to be able to used for a to, to be able to be used for a different purpose mm-hmm.
0: and then hands
1: it over to someone who's gonna actually do that different purpose. So it's almost like a wholesaler where a wholesaler like finds the deal and, and ends up yep. sort of making money off of the transition to the buyer a developer really like finds the deal and transitions the land itself into you know a different zoning or whatever and um then hands it off now that's not what ricky builds to but yeah I, I didn't, that, that
0: that's, is that is awesome i i i love that uh i love that analogy and i love that kind of clear kite uh you, you know clear-cut role definition for for developers. And like mm-hmm. everything in real estate, it's like, yeah, you have a basic definition and then there's sprouts and things that shoot off and you got guys that, uh, you know, it, it it can go a million different ways once you've got that, but that's that clear definition. I like that. I've not kind of mm-hmm. heard it quite put that way. Um, I was speaking with another, another guest uh, last week and they were talking about, you know, they, they got into the, the development side is how they got into real estate. And it was because they, because of the creativity part of it, they were, mm-hmm. you know, they said, you know, it, it and that was that whole thing of, you know, they, they were young and they seen an empty lot that they used to play ball in. And then, you know, 18 months later, here was this, you know, great, magnificent looking apartment complex put into that same spot. And they were like, Wow. I like that idea and that's, you know, and that's how they got it, got into it. But yeah, that's a, that's an awesome way to describe the uh, a, a developer that's that's pretty mm-hmm. cool.
1: Well, and you, you know you gotta like with developing and it, so what I love about real estate is that no matter your personality, whether you're a numbers person, whether you're a creative, whether you're a connector, like there's a role for everyone. Right? There's there's a path for every single type of human, and really from so many different backgrounds. I love you know like insurance in some ways, people come to real estate from somewhere else usually. You know, like nobody grew up and said, I want to be an insurance agent when I, you know, like that, well, (laughs) there's probably someone out there, but I've never met them. You know, everyone (laughs) I it came from somewhere else, has a story like I do, where they were doing something else, maybe what they envisioned their adult life with, and then somehow uh, changed into that space. And I think there are a lot of real estate investors that have that same journey, right? Like maybe they grew up thinking they wanted to be one thing, and then it turned out that wasn't going to work. And so where could I go? where I could work hard, figure out my personality strengths and take them forward and and make solid money if I do it right. And, and I think real estate has that in a way that very few other things do.
0: well it's it's real estate is is you know um, just a true team sport. I mean, you know it's mm-hmm. there are so many aspects and there are so many parts and pieces of it that yes, you know on a small scale, yes, you can try to do everything. Uh, all yourself, which I think those people that try and do do everything all themselves, they're kind of crazy and probably certifiable.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, because- I'm kind of one of those people. And I think it's a mistake. I think it's a huge mistake. to, <laughs> want to do. Everything myself, speaking as one of those people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I, I I think it's it's great in the beginning to understand it all. You know, I, mm. I I'm not saying that you shouldn't understand all the parts and pieces. And, you know, yeah. I'm a guy that, you know, I've done the fix and flips, I've done the, you know, I've done the dirty work. But as the older I get, the less dirty work I want to do because I've gone, mm. well, okay, I've changed the toilet, I've patched drywall, I've replaced the roof, I've built some stuff, I've knocked some stuff down. Okay, um, I'm gonna pay a younger guy to go do this because my body hurts too much after I
1: do that stuff anymore. Especially patching drywall, like that is skill in and of it. like of all the things that you can do in a property, like. And maybe it's just me, but patching drywall is by far just the thing that every time I end up cursing. You know, <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, well, well, I, I I think that's why it's like. I walk into a house and, and, you know, uh, it's, it's like, it's in the drywall stage and you, you know, I'm probably the only guy that walks in and marvels at how well Uh, somebody has sanded, you know, a a drywall. And I'm just like, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like, it's like you did that. And then it's like, I, you know, it's like you guys like, you know, sanded this whole house in a day and, and, you know, put another coat on in a day and it's like four guys and it's like, Uh yeah, I would have, taken one wall and I still wouldn't be done with the first coat by now. So it's like, look, there are certainly cer- certain things in, in, in this, in real estate where you go, okay, I understand it. I figured that out. I've done it. And now I'm going to go gonna let a it. professional, <laughs> now I'm going to go let a professional do it because yeah. it's just worth my time to let pay somebody, you know, some things in life, it's better off just uh.
1: paying somebody else to do it. <laughs> It is. And I think probably everyone is in agreement that's listening to this show on that particular topic, that there is something that both the things you said, there's something beautiful a lot about watching people do the drywall work that are really good at it as professionals. And there is no amount of, well, there's probably some amount of money, but there you just, it's never worth it to do your own drywall, especially the tr- you know, ceiling and stuff like that. No,
0: nah, no, 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 no. You know, it, it's, it's a, uh... You know, and, and like I said, that's just one of those lessons that it, it took me a little while getting into real estate and life in general to realize that, you know, sometimes just pay the professionals because yeah. you're probably going to end up paying them anyway. And they're going to charge you more if they have to go back and fix what you messed up and oh, then go yeah. fix the original problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so many things in life that I, like I said, I'm kind of, I tend to be one who wants to do it himself. And there's so many things in life. I'm like, I can do that, you know, like 95% of things I'm convinced that like, well, I can do that. I can't do that as well as a professional, but like, and I certainly can't do that in as short of a time as a professional. And it's really not a good plan for me to do that, but I could do that. (laughs) Drywall is not one of those things. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, just, just, uh, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was interviewing somebody a long, long time ago on a different podcast. And he uh, said, he taught, he was talking about distractions and the idea that as you move forward as an entrepreneur, you are always going to have a path that you want to go down. And you are always going to have distractions from that path. It's just inherently how things work. And one of the (coughs) things that successful entrepreneurs do is not get distracted by the things that distract them or that could distract them unless that distraction is actually a better plan than their main path. And, you know, I, I think that he said it maybe a little more eloquently than I did, but I think that's really true. Like if you're going to take on a distraction, you better have real knowledge and understanding of where that's going and why it's worth taking your attention away from the thing that you're growing towards. Because the one thing we don't have more of is time. You know, it's like, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time to plant a tree today? You know, it's yep. that same idea. No matter what direction you're going, if you keep going that direction, the the, the ball is going to keep, the snowball is going to keep getting better bigger
0: well yeah it's it's like look um you know don't you you know or even if you get off uh, you know if you let that that shiny sin you know that shiny shiny object syndrome you know pull you off course you know it's it's like look uh unless that's really the destination that you want to be no, let, let your GPS get you back on course. You know, we're, we're all, you know, it's like, look, you get, get back in, you know, just because you made a wrong turn doesn't mean that you can't get back to where you are, but try not to take those, those little side courses and <laughs> stay in your lane. And, even if it's moving slower, if you, as long as you stay pointed in that right direction, you'll get there a heck of a lot faster than if you start taking little side trips.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and sometimes your lane is headed towards another lane too. I think that, you know, there are people like, you know, single family flipping is a great example. There are, there are some folks who want to be in single family flipping for as long as they're in it. And that's their one strategy. And they're fine with the quick money and they're fine without the buy and hold or any of that kind of cash flow type stuff. They're good there. Right. But there might be other people probably, Probably a lot of investors who look at that piece of the journey as a step on the journey right it's like i'm going to flip some single family stuff and then maybe i'm going to use that money to cash flow a couple of other single families and then maybe at some point i'm going to look at that cash flow and say all right let's see if we can pick up a 16 unit or something like that and and that is that is not a distract if you're like i want to get into multifamily," that's not a distraction that's yeah, that's sort a, of a that's step. part of
0: the course yeah. yeah that's 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 the map i mean you know it's well there's a difference in between making a right turn that gets you into your direction or mm-hmm. making a left turn when you were supposed to make that right turn you know that's I the love whole that. difference exactly <laughs>
1: that's a per- perfect yeah exactly
0: <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's like look if you're supposed to be heading north that's fine and make that right and go head north mm. just uh and and if you're supposed to be heading north and you realize that you're heading south, hop on the brakes and get turned around immediately. Don't, don't keep riding down the road. <laughs> yeah. I've seen people do that. You know, it's like,
1: yeah. no, it's hard. Well, you, sometimes you know where hard. you're supposed to be. Yeah. Cause sometimes, I mean, we we all want to believe that the path that we're on is, is the direction we're supposed to be going. And so I think it is, you know, when you're in a car and you just like, if, if you look and you realize that you're going south and you should be going north, you have a concrete thing telling you, "Hey, you know what direction <laughs> you should be going," and you are not going that direction. The hard thing with entrepreneurs investing in real estate is you don't. It's not that clear. You know that 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 thing isn't as obvious, and that's why, like you said, it's a team sport. That's why having people to bounce things off of, whether that's a mentor uh, or a coach or you know someone else who's in the real estate world. I mean, throwing it out on a Facebook group, if you know nothing else, like find those things that tell you. That help you navigate towards the direction that you really need to be going. So they do say, "Hey, you got to stop. You're going the wrong direction." Definitely, definitely.
0: Um, what is one of your <clears throat> talking on on about helping people get in the right direction and heading in the right direction? What is a book or a podcast, something along those lines, a, a resource that you recommend? Uh, you know, for newbies or Experienced people that you would say, look, if you're in this space, you really need to check this. I,
1: I think that almost everyone, you know, Atomic Habits is a, is a big one that people are by James Clear. He's uh, it's it's really about daily behavior, so it doesn't really matter what world you're in. um I think Adob- Atomic Habits is a really good book to read. There's an author called Jay, His name is Jay Bear, B A E R. And um, this is for folks who, he's a marketer. So he is okay. all about marketing and communication. So for someone who's trying to figure out what are some of the things I can do to attract investors or to attract brokers to work with or you know all the different things that we're looking to attract in this real estate business, no matter what our strategy is. He has a couple of books. Um, Hug Your Haters is a great one. Utility is another good one. And then his newest one is called Talk Triggers. And it's just about how to do things in your business that are talkable so that you get free marketing by other people talking about it. Right. Um, awesome. And one quick example is there was a, a restaurant and you know, you just went in, you bought burgers or whatever, but the restaurant decided that, uh, every time someone bought a burger, uh, they would hold out a deck of cards, and that person would pull a card out of the you know deck of cards. And there was one card, I don't know, it was a jack of spades or whatever. And if you got the jack of spades, you got your entire meal for free, no matter how big that meal was. And so everybody pulled, and obviously not very many people won, but um, when someone won, they freaked out, the whole place clapped, the entire you know, thing is a whole deal. And uh, that particular restaurant has never spent a dollar on marketing because people talk about being able to pull a card for your burger all the time. Um, So that's an example of ways that we can do things that are talkable ways that we can add value to other people in their journeys or be talkable in the things we do.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That that communicating with others and being able to have that, you know, what makes somebody want to talk about me, uh, and not behind your back in e- in evil ways. I, I always like, you know, uh, I, I love talking about people, but I love talking about people positively behind their back. You know, that's, uh-huh. those are, those are the ones that, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I want to be that person. That's what I try to do. I try to, be that person that, you know, do everything good, do everything the way that you're supposed to. And then people will talk good about you behind your back.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And I think the people that we talk about behind their back in a good way are people who provide us value. Now, that may be the, the, the pulling the card example isn't exactly value, I suppose, for the person who got that jack of spades or whatever, there was some value for them there. But I think, you know, more concretely on a daily basis, if you think of that example and you're like, ah, I don't know, I mean, how can I do that in my real estate business? you know, how how can you go on social media and provide value? How can you um, do things that help other people? And I'll admit over the course of the last seven years, I have not always been able to connect the value I'm providing with the money that's going to come back in the other side. In fact, yeah. I've struggled with that connection a lot, but I've always felt that if I continue to provide value one way or another, that it'll work itself out. And it has.
0: As, as, as I say, I, I, I learned a long time ago that when you put out value, don't try to figure out how it's going to come back
1: because
0: mm-hmm. you're you you won't. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. But yeah. the more that you go, I'm just putting this out there for the good. And mm-hmm. you know, don't, you know, I I've always, you know, stressed on don't worry about how it's going to come back. Just know it will. Mm-hmm. And just put the good out there and don't worry about. Don't don't worry about it coming back because I can tell you from my forty-two years of experiences, every time I put out good, it never has ever hurt me. Now, putting out bad that. has hurt me before, you know, because I'm, not, yeah. I'm definitely not perfect. But you know, putting bad out there that that hurts. But I've yeah. never been bit by putting out good. So you mm-hmm. definitely, you know, always put out the good, always put out the value and. You know, don't necessarily concentrate on on how it's going to come back to you, just relax yeah. and go, it will.
1: Yeah. And I think there's some ways. Like I think a lot of folks like yourself, uh, who are, you know, get a lot of phone calls from younger investors and have to figure out, okay, I, I want to give that value, I want to spend that 25 minutes, half an hour talking to them about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and help them up. But there is a, I know lots of investors who feel like, man, I'm talking with two or three people a day. And, you know, how do I limit that? And I think that's an okay feeling. So you could do something like have a Calendly calendar. And just when someone reaches out say, hey, absolutely, here's my calendar. And you've limited that calendar to two 30 minute sessions a day. And so if it fills up, that's just it. And so there are ways and, you know, to limit and make sure that you're not just giving, giving, giving to the detriment of your own forward progress. But I think, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That was, well, I mean, that's kind of part of the reason why I did the podcast is because, Mm -hmm. you know, these are lessons that when, when they're handed out, you know, it's like, look, they're, they're there for people for forever. And, and, you know, and, and I've also seen some people, you know, uh, if there's any, you know, wise grizzly, the Yoda masters out there, you know, it's like, look, if, if you have people that are, that want to help, you know, take three or four of them, set up a, a a little zoom video conference. I mean, that's one of the good things that's come out yeah. of all this is, you know, it's, it's like, look, if you have five or six people on there, it's like, look, if they're all newbies, there are probably four of them. are going to want to ask the same question. You're going to answer it the same way. And then the ones that don't have that question, they're going to get an answer and some knowledge anyway. So, you know, take advantage, uh, you know, if you want to be a mentor and you want to do that give back and you don't want to, you know, uh, suck, all, you know, get it, make it suck all your time out so you can't do you know, what you're really supposed to be doing, which is investing in real estate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, you know, take take advantage of some of the technology that we have these days to be able to do that. And like you said, you know, you can set something up because uh, I know when I was a newbie, if somebody would have said, look, I can't, you know, I can't help you right now. But if you check in at eight o'clock on Tuesday, I'll, I'll gladly answer that question where I can answer it for you and, you know, five or six other people at the same time. I've been there in a heartbeat. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Um, that makes a ton of sense. And I think that, uh, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say.
0: No problem. Um, all right. Well, the last question that I ask all my guests is how do you like to give back to your community?
1: Oh I love that question. So we the the way we've set uh, our system up, we have we have a whole system in our agency. And so awesome. anytime someone has a purchases a new policy or has a renewal, uh we give the, them the opportunity to pick from three different organizations that we give a percentage of their premium to. And each year we pick uh a topic. although we've stuck with this one for a little while. So uh, we very much care about homelessness and poverty in our community. And so uh, we have three organizations that are options for folks at each of their renewals. Uh, one is a homeless shelter uh, called Beacon. Another one is uh, a place, a community kitchen, uh, where there's food available for folks. And then the last one is uh, a place for kids. It's like a, a daycare essentially for children of homeless homeless individuals um and so that is how we give our funds and then we uh connect with time you know around those organizations and as you know with lots of other organizations that you know are are doing awesome work mostly around our community of we've stayed pretty local with our uh with our giving
0: awesome awesome i mean you know that's that's uh you know why uh sometimes you know why why give around the world when when your neighbor needs to help to uh you know it's there's there's plenty of need everywhere that so uh you know take care of what's close to home if that's what is on your heart so mm-hmm. definitely i i i understand that for sure um yeah. what is a way that my listeners if they want to get a hold of you learn a little bit more about you jeremy what's uh what's best way for them to reach out and learn a little bit more about you
1: yeah, I appreciate you asking. So if if folks want to listen to the po- <clears throat> if if folks want to listen to the podcast, it's reiclarity.com. Uh if folks want to check out the insurance site, it's shineinsurance.com and we've created uh, a quiz, a very quick quiz as to whether your insurance policy is actually taking care of you like you think it should. There are so many that are not. So, 3-minute quiz at um shineinsurance.com/reiclarity. Any of those places would be great and obviously I'm all over social media as well awesome awesome
0: thank you so much for hopping on here jeremy i look forward we'll need to do this again and share some even more information with my with my guests or with my listeners and like i said thank you for being a guest and uh, look forward to having you on again
1: hey absolutely david it was so great to be on thank you for having me